0: The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content including the literature I frequently refer to on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at romanschapter 5 at comcast.net. Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode 36. The good Hegel. Today, we are at one another's throats over issues of race and gender, and political and ideological opposition pervade each and every subject of our lives. We can no longer even agree on fundamental values and ends, let alone on the means to achieve them. Postmodern philosophy is often singled out as the source of our ills. But there is actually nothing new in postmodern thought, or in our current near-violent conflict of worldviews. We are simply reaping the logic of two fundamentally opposed starting places, and their historical outplay. I intend this series of Christian Atheist episodes to trace the providence of these conflicts and ideas to their theoretical roots. I will claim in this series that Hegel is the ultimate source and thus the villain in our contemporary society's ongoing socio-cultural civil war. Hegel's opponent in this war is Immanuel Kant, whose critique of pure reason was an attempt to carve out conceptual space for human freedom and thus to validate ethics in the face of the emerging scientific determinism of the Enlightenment, the clockwork universe of Newton and Leibniz. Human reason, Kant asserts in opposition to scientific fatalism, faces fundamental limitations in its pretensions to knowledge. No matter how thoroughly our scientific claims penetrate the world's mysteries, the autonomy of the individual, human freedom and ethical responsibility must remain postulates to which we can rationally assent. My graduate advisor, amano Benchevenga, with whom I studied Kant, Hegel, and Marx, among others, says it this way in his book, Hegel's Dialectical Logic. There is a battle of gods unfolding in the background of the confrontation staged by the philosophy of the last two centuries. And structuring all such confrontations? The one between Kant and Hegel. At stake in this battle is the very relevance of philosophical work. Is there a conceptual place for values, and specifically moral values, in a world of facts? Or is any commitment to such values just another fact, characteristic of those curious but still perfectly determined creatures belonging to the species Homo sapiens? In the wake of the inexorable necessitarianism issuing from most enthusiastic participants in the enterprise of the new science, Kant made a heroic effort to find such a place and located it in the ought to or ought not to, which gives the logical form of a value judgment the highest dignity of human beings. Hegel's dialectical logic provided an enormously pliable, efficient, and seductive instrument that promised to forever bankrupt that effort and disqualify all-value talk as pathetic, wishful thinking." Hegelian dialectic, his narrative logic, is, quite literally, an inescapable, rational web. For Hegel, it explained everything, is everything, which is why his philosophy is known as absolute idealism. There is good reason that Hegel's thought has become so dominant, and the inescapability of his logic is neither good nor bad in itself. Once again, my advisor's words. Despite the current Anglo-Saxon amnesia about Hegel, and the turning of him into a stereotypical, and somewhat outdated, polemical target on the European continent, his logic has never enjoyed greater success, both among intellectuals and in the general population. People don't seem to be able to think any other way. Indeed, fragments of dialectical logic have been reinvented, constantly, under different names, of course. End quote. It is my position that Hegel, when properly limited, gives us a tool of unimaginable power and beauty, laying bare the web of relations by which the rational mind, quote, constructs for itself a world. We humans are, after all, storytelling animals, and this is not accidental, but essential to our nature. So narrative logic is a powerful tool to rationalize our existence. The problem, I have said, with Hegel's absolute idealism lies in the absolute, not in the idealism. Idealism can be understood in various ways, but perhaps the clearest way into the discussion is to contrast it with realism. Realism is the idea that there is being outside rationality or consciousness, and to which rationality must simply conform. Most realist thinking is, thus, dualistic. That is, it assumes that there are two types of being, as the famous Frenchman Rene Descartes said, thinking things, race cogitans, and extended or material things, race extensa. Idealism, by contrast, believes that what is really real is the rational, or the subjective, or the non-material. Kant held that the proper way to understand reality was a mix of the two perspectives. He thought of himself as an empirical realist but a transcendental idealist that is at the empirical what we here at the christian atheist borrowing from jean paul sartre have called the ontological level being is encountered as real as independent of thought as opposed to us but at the level of explanation The level of metaphysics, of belief, not knowledge, or of conception, in the story that we tell ourselves in order to make sense of our world, our experience. Everything is ideal. Thus, in applying our thought to the empirical reality, the account that we give ourselves, limited, quite obviously, by the empirically real that we encounter, is one of the ideal, of our thoughts, our reason. Hegel, by collapsing metaphysics into logic, makes his idealism absolute, that is, all-encompassing. Kant's empirical realism is explained away by the ideal. There is nothing outside reason, nothing higher than reason, nothing but reason. It is absolute. He is, thus, metaphysically, a run-of-the-mill pantheist with an exceptional logical explanatory process, his narrative logic. I have always thought that the greatest argument against Hegel is that his metaphysics cannot be lived. We cannot live as if the real elements of our lives are ideal, though we are able to believe that they are. Reality is thus a self-deceptive structure for the absolute idealist, and his ontological life must ever be at odds with his metaphysical explanation of it. We cannot live as if our empirical experience is illusion. If my listeners hear echoes here of our Hegelian definition for atheism, it is no mistake. So, what's right about Hegel? Aside from the brilliance and power of his dialectical logic, which allows us to understand this shadowland through which we walk, as an exclusively descriptive absolute idealist, Hegel sought to carve nature at her joints, so to speak. That is, he deferred to what is, allowing reality, in scare quotes, the historical manifestation of spirit, was what he would call it, to dictate his theoretical work. This is why he considered his philosophy scientific in its import and practice. Hegel did not prescribe what spirit ought to do or be, but accepted and explained what spirit was and did. As such, Hegel was ultra-conservative, more conservative than me by far, since reason or spirit was not only absolute reality, but absolute value as well. Both nature and the state are not only to be acknowledged, but affirmed in their character, their structure, and their value, as he declares in the philosophy of right. Quote, Knowledge must, therefore, examine, apprehend, and conceive the reason actually present in nature not with the superficial shapes and accidents of nature, but with its eternal harmony. That is to say, its inherent law and essence, knowledge has to cope. And the ethical world, or the state, is in fact reason potently and permanently actualized in self consciousness. Hegel, that is, held to the notion that there is a Scare quotes, reality, perhaps we should say an ideality, to which he, the philosopher, must defer, an order of being that pre-exists him both logically and in terms of natural structure and value distinctions. Although all is spirit, that is, ideal the historical process objectified itself into a, scare quote again, real world. It was this reality, spirit, reason, in all its detailed hierarchical structure that dictated his, Hegel's, response. While Hegel, then, claimed the absolute perspective of God in seeing the whole structure of reason he also knew himself as a limited being within the matrix of spirits unfolding. This Hegelian humility, deference to spirit in its historical manifestation, keeps his own philosophical work from degenerating into the travesties of what I will call the prescriptive Hegelians. A second reason that Hegel did not fall prey to the damaging consequences to which his own philosophical perspective might tend, and a way in which I find Hegel not to be an enemy but almost an ally, is found in where I said the problem lies, the absolute nature of his idealism. Why this is a source of greater problems we will discuss later. For now, We must note that because Hegel made the progress of reason absolute, he retained the notion of both a highest good, a central value, spirit's ongoing progress towards self-consciousness, and a value hierarchy corresponding to it. This qualitative distinction is not necessary to a pantheistic view, which can just as well be a radical relativism of value, as it will be for many of the prescriptive Hegelians who follow. For our purposes, though, like carving nature at her joints, Hegel conceived of the value hierarchy as a reality, scare quotes, to which he could merely assent, something present to his God's eye view, but to which he, the philosopher, contributed nothing. In this sense, then, ethically speaking, Hegel was a functional objectivist, an ethical absolutist, a believer in truth with a capital T. The right, the good, truth itself, are found in the actual manifestation of spirit, the world, the reality we inhabit. Quoting Philosophy of Right again, quote, the truth concerning right, ethics, and the state is, at any rate, as old as its exposition and promulgation in public laws and in public morality and religion, End quote. In this way, again, Hegel is profoundly conservative, even traditionalist, and not radical. Finally, Hegel was wise enough to see how philosophy could go badly wrong. I tend to see in the following quotations from the Preface to the Philosophy of Right a rather prescient understanding of how his own philosophy might go bad. Quote, The particular kind of evil consciousness developed by the wishy-washy eloquence already alluded to may be detected in the following way. It is most unspiritual when it speaks most of the spirit. It is the most dead and leathern when it talks of the scope of life. When it is exhibiting the greatest self-seeking and vanity, it has most on its tongue the words people and nation. But its peculiar mark found on its very forehead, is its hatred of law. Right and ethical principle, the actual world of right and ethical life, by thought are given definite, general, and rational form. And this reasoned right finds expression in law. But feeling, which seeks its own pleasure and conscience, which finds right in private conviction, regard the law as their most bitter foe. The right, which takes the shape of law and duty, is by feeling looked upon as a shackle or dead cold letter. In this law it does not recognize itself and does not find itself free. Yet the law is the reason of the object and refuses to feeling the privilege of warming itself at its private hearth. Hence the law, as we shall occasionally observe, is the shibboleth by means of which are detected the false brethren and friends of the so-called people. By turning away from substantive right, The historical manifestation of spirit in social tradition and law. Individuals, in opposition to the traditional, the collective wisdom, elevate their private and limited understanding to the status of right. Quote, In point of fact, The pretentious utterances of recent philosophy regarding the state have been enough to justify anyone who cared to meddle with the question in the conviction that he could prove himself a philosopher by weaving a philosophy out of his own brain. Notwithstanding this conviction, that which passes for philosophy has openly announced that truth cannot be known. The truth with regard to ethical ideals The state, the government, and the Constitution ascends, so it declares, out of each man's heart, feeling, and enthusiasm. Such declarations have been poured especially into the eager ears of the young. The words, God giveth truth to his chosen in sleep, have been applied to science. Hence, every sleeper has numbered himself amongst the chosen, But what he deals with in sleep is only the wares of sleep. As always with Hegel, understanding can only come through serious study and multiple readings. And I present these final three quotations as an Hegelian primer for just such a purpose. If you take the time to carefully understand these quotations, you will be in a much better position to judge all that I've said so far on this topic and what is coming next. Hegel is one of the most difficult philosophers in the Western canon, and although I believe my understanding of his work to be faithful on the large scale to what he was actually trying to say, I do not claim either exhaustive knowledge or infallible insight, and my understanding of the post-Hegelian philosophers I intend to dissect in the episode, or episodes following this one, is far less complete. My own philosophical forte has always been to see the forest better than the trees. But I will continue to do my best to provide what insights I can. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.